Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line. The happy afternoon, sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually. But I'm hunting all the fishes in the deep blue sea. Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky. Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky. We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry. Cause now we go and the weekend is here. We're going to wrap up the week with a fun conversation. His name is Brad Mathewson. He wrote the Muskie Slayer's Bible, a guide on what not to do. Yeah, I know we're about a month away from Muskie Opener yet, but I had a chance to talk to him, and I think you'll enjoy it. It's coming up next, right here on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, it's going to be an interesting conversation. I have a feeling we're talking with a guy named Brad Mathewson, who has just released the Muskie Slayer's Bible, A Guide What Not to Do. And Brad, I knew I was in for a unique fishing book experience when I looked at the cover and saw what I assume is a uh, representation of you and your whitey tighties on a dock. So, no, actually, that's not me. That's not you. Well, <laughs> that's not me. That is a friend of mine named Jerry. Okay. Uh, Jerry's nickname is uh, Pre-Launch. And, uh, we can go into that uh, that story at some point if you would like. But uh, that, yeah, that's my f- friend Jerry. And uh, kind of the backstory on that cover is uh, Jerry was walking back down to the dock after launching his boat, and you know that little. The little funny pocket on the side of your jeans. Everybody wonders what that little tiny pocket is. Maybe you put your your chains in there or something. Yeah. Well, you have a one of the keys, uh, kind of hooked in that little pocket. And he's walking down to the dock, and he gets down in the dock, and whoop, keys fall out, go right through the slots of the dock, and boop, right down in the six feet of uh, muddy water. Now, this only set of keys Jerry brought up to Canada for his boat. <laughs> So, and it's just about dark, so we didn't know this. The rest of us are up, you know, back at the cabin already. We've already put our boats in. Jerry is kind of the last guy out. And uh, so Jerry strips down to basically his whitey tighties and his work boots and socks. And uh, his fishing partner was holding a flashlight through the flats in the uh, in the dock, and Jerry, you know, took a deep breath and dived down underneath the dock and searched around in the mud and come back up and, did that for half an hour, and finally he came back with his keys. Well, <laughs> we're sitting in the cabin. We're getting supper going, and it's probably oh, about 9.30. And uh, I turned around, and there's Jerry standing there in his whitey tighties, striped red tube socks, <laughs> and uh, telling his story. And we didn't notice it right away, and I kind of looked a little closer, and Jerry's whitey tighties are completely transparent. <laughs> <laughs> And at that moment, I'm like, I scream. His older brother turns around and notices what I notice, screams at him, Jerry, oh, my God, what's going on? <laughs> Jerry's an older fellow. He's uh, just about 70 years old, and he doesn't have any shame anymore. So <laughs> he just kind of laughed it off, and later that evening, we found his underwear laying in the uh, kitchen sink. So, <laughs> so- <laughs> that's Jerry. So th- I th- I take it that is an an excellent example of what uh, about four hundred pages will bring us. 
Yes, yes. There's there's lots of funny stories. I mean, I, I have plenty of musky tips in the book also. It, here's what. I mean, I'm a big collector of musky books. I love, you know, everybody's book that's out there. I have it, and I get, try to get signatures for every book, uh, everybody's book that's out there in first editions. And they're very tip-heavy. I mean, some of them have a little bit of fun in them, but they're very tip and technique-heavy. And I don't know. I mean, after a while, it gets kind of boring. So I just wanted a book where I could have lots of these funny stories that we normally, you know, kind of BS with our buddies all the time, and I could kind of share those with the masses and then put some tips in there also. So you got some these must be tips in the book also. But, yeah, lots of laughs, lots of funny stories. We all have them. The more time we spend in the water in the woods, the more funny, you know, stories that we have and goofy stuff that happens to us. So I'm just kind of sharing all my, all my misadventures basically with everybody. So Brad, what made you come up with the idea? Let's put these in a book. I, I journal. Um, everybody should do this. I don't care if you're uh, a, a hunter or or a fisherman. Uh, I keep a journal in my in my boat. I keep a journal in my truck. So if I get out of the woods and I'm bow hunting. I'm coming back and I'm writing in my journal that night what happened. And if I'm on the water, I do the same thing. And it's kind of neat to look back years ago. Let's say it's opener of musky fishing. And you know how every year opener is different. It's really cold. It's really hot. And you can kind of look back and see what I'm using for baits, what happened that day, what the weather was like. I mean, it kind of gives you some insights and some help. Uh, like, let's say you're having a tough day on the water. It's kind of neat to go back and look at those. So, you know, I... My book is basically me and my musky bums going up to uh, Lake of the Woods, uh, Ontario, and uh, this is my book is basically from 2009 to 2016, and it's uh, it's my days, you know, on the water, all the goofy stuff that happens. I'm throwing tips uh, in with the book, and, and that's kind of what my book is. You um, you've been you've been musky fishing for a while. Tell us how you got into this uh, musky fishing because it's it's a unique. It's a unique group of people that musky fish. Yes, and it's, it's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> There's that, too. Yeah, I mean, you, you spend, uh, you know, a, a good amount of money on baits, and, if, uh, you, you know, your wife knew basically what you had just in a tackle box. I mean, thousands of dollars are stuck in a tackle box. You would mm-hmm. go crazy. But, uh, yeah, I started about 25 years ago um, in high school. I was pretty much just a bass and a walleye guy. And uh, we happened to stop at a buddy of mine's house, and we were kind of uh, going through some of his dad's fishing stuff. His dad kind of was getting older and didn't fish as much, and we go downstairs, and we're like, oh, look at these huge rods. And uh, huge rods, they were like seven and a half footers back then, but to us they were huge. Look at these huge rods and big baits. So we grabbed some baits and some rods, and we knew a local lake that had muskies, and we went out one day and just chucking some baits, and no one even know what we were doing. Um about a half an hour into it, I pop a 36-inch muskie, and I was hooked. I was hooked ever since then. I'm like, oh, I, everything else is just bait after that. You know what I mean? So you got into it, and like so many other people, once you're into it, there ain't no getting out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I dreamed, you know, the beginning of my book starts in 2009, where I've always wanted to go to Canada since I was a little boy. Um, I didn't really come up with come from a fishing family. Um, my dad was a workaholic, and uh, my grandfather, uh, they were born to hunting, the one, the other one had passed away when I was young. And uh, so I kind of had to teach myself how to, how, basically how to fish. It, you, uh, it's just a never-ending 
and now that I got older here and I, I have a four-year-old and uh, I just can't wait to get him, you know, on the water and spend some time on the water with me. Um, you know, it's fun fishing by yourself and with your buddies, but uh, now they got my little boy, uh, now that I'm kind of like going back to my roots now. So I'm kind of getting him starting out just basically uh, on the rivers and doing some catfishing and uh, some uh, set lining and, and just kind of, a little bit of bass fishing, but we just start them out slow and, and uh, basically kind of work his way up to muskies. I can't start him out on muskies right away. Um, <laughs> no. I have a friend who <laughs> he made the mistake of starting his uh, six-year-old boy uh, musky fishing. So the golden rule of musky fishing is never fish, especially in a 16-and-a-half-foot boat, never fish three men in a boat. Mm-hmm. So he made the mistake of, well, two men and one little boy in a boat. Well, that ended with a... Uh, repog caught uh, on the eyelid, on the bottom of his eyelid, completely pierced right through. I don't know how it didn't have his, hit his eyeball. But yeah, his little kid went back, two, three minutes into fishing, kind of yeah. snagged something, jerked forward, and set the hook just in that bottom eyelid of his eye. So there's actually a picture out there. I wanted to put it in my book, but I couldn't yeah. find the picture on my phone. But we actually have a picture of two my two of my buddies and his kid Standing there, and the kid's crying, and Dad's got a musky bait uh, refog hanging on his face with the one of the bass treble hooks hooked in his eyelid. So, luckily, he didn't lose his eye. We were able to kind of cut the hooks on it, the barbs, and then push it back through. I don't know how. It, I mean, it, he was it had quite the black and blue eye there for for a couple of weeks, but I don't know how he didn't catch that eyeball. That that could have been badly. So, yeah, you definitely want to make sure your kids are. <laughs> old enough, but I've seen plenty of older gentlemen, you know, not watching where they're cast neither, you know, almost got hooked a few times, but. So tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, uh, where are you from, where do you live these days, and uh, how often do you get out musky fishing? So um, I live in northeastern Wisconsin. Um, I have friends who have cabins up in northern Wisconsin, uh, Land Lakes, Boulder Junction area. Uh, we consider Boulder Junction basically kind of the musky capital of Wisconsin. And, uh, yeah, uh, as far as my musky fishing, to be totally honest with you, um, from 26, uh, basically in 2017, uh, I had a horrible, uh, shoulder injury, uh, that required surgery. And basically three weeks later, I had ended up tearing my left shoulder. So my right and my left was in about six weeks. Uh, then I fell. Fractured my collarbone, <laughs> retore the surgery on my left shoulder, uh, had a, some more therapy, uh, retore the left shoulder a third time. So, uh, yeah, I've had four shoulder surgeries between 2017 and uh, late 2019. So I've been uh, out of the game of musky fishing since 2017. Uh, this year I'm finally uh, healthy enough after enough physical therapy. Some of these, uh, these surgeries now, uh, therapy could take up to two years and these injuries that I've had. And uh, so, actually, I'm coming out of retirement this year, <laughs> and going to do some uh, uh, river musky fishing. Going to downsize my baits. No more throwing uh, big double tens. No more throwing uh, pounders, uh, bulldogs. Not that there's anything against those, but man, they're they're hard on your on your rotator cuffs, your labrum tendons. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to slowly work my way back into it. I really miss it. Um, I'm really hoping Canada can uh, open back up their borders because I've heard a, uh, a couple of you know stories from uh, 
these guys, the resort owners in, in uh, Ontario, and they're, they're not doing real well mm-hmm. with the border being closed last year, and it, it doesn't really look good this year either. So We're about a month away from the Muskie opener, but we're talking with Brad Matthewson, the author of Muskie Slayer's Bible, a guide on what not to do. A lot more to come with Brad next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. My guest today, Brad Matthewson of Wolf River, Wisconsin, author of the book Musty Slayer's Bible, A Guide on What Not to Do. When we went to break, he was discussing the pandemic's negative effects on the resorts and lodges in Canada. I keep in touch with a number of lodges in uh, Ontario and just people I've kind of met through my book on Facebook and uh, got some PMs from them. And, yeah, they're just not doing well. And, I mean, when the borders open up, uh, and no one's, if you haven't been to to, uh, Lake of the Woods, Ontario, it is just a, it's a, oh. It's a gorgeous place, and it's so cheap. It's so it really is. I mean, I'll go. We go in big groups, and for six hundred dollars, uh, we're there for a week lodging. We bring our own boat. We we do bring our own our own gas, and uh, own food, uh, license, everything for like six hundred dollars for eight days. It's so cheap. I wish more people would take advantage, especially for and even with families. Bring your families up to to uh, Lake of the Woods. There's just so much water and beauty that's there and, and uh kind of nice to get away and unplug from you know the crazy world right now but yeah people really need the support uh uh people in canada right now once that uh the border opens back up you you know you're, mm-hmm. you get a lot for your money you really do well it's a big book i haven't had a chance to read all of it yet i did uh, delve into a little bit on your uh on convincing your then wife to be to go up to Canada musky fishing rather than um, Florida. Yes, yes. How I'm not divorced, I don't know. I was going to say, <laughs> tell us how you pulled that off. Well, it was kind of a sneak attack. <laughs> <laughs> since, since I was a little boy, I've always wanted, like I was getting at before, I always wanted to fish uh, Canada. So when the opportunity presented itself, uh, I, we got married, and my wife wanted to go to Florida. For a honeymoon i've never i've never flown i've never seen the ocean and uh i don't i don't know it really doesn't uh draw me i, I mean i'm drawn to the north so uh when we got married we had this thing called the all canada show um it's around but it does at the time it was very large and that uh, would be a lot of uh resort owners from northern uh well from all over canada would come together and they'd travel across the united states and they'd have um it's called the All Canada Show. You go to the show, and you know, these New York owners, they have all, you go in their booth and have all the mounts and stuff on the wall and all the fish and all the beautiful scenery. And, and, uh, so I convinced myself, my wife, uh, the weekend after we got married to go to the All Canada Show. I thought, oh, we'll go there. We'll meet these really nice Canadian people. We'll see, she'll see all the beautiful pictures on the walls and all the mounts and, and, uh, She'll just fall in love with it, and she'll say, ah, we don't want to see Florida at all. We'll, 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 uh, we'll go up to Canada. So I took her there. We met a lot of nice guys. Uh, we got back in the vehicle, and now this is February, uh, like first weekend of February. So it's, you know, it's like 10 below out. And uh, 
snowing and we're driving back from Green Bay back to our home and I'm like, well, what do you think? Should we go to Canada instead of uh, Florida? And she's like, well, I know you really want to go to Canada and get your first muskie or, you know, Canadian muskies, Canadian shield muskie. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, we could do that. Well, I'm like, oh, perfect. Well, then it was time to try to find where to go. You know, we met so many nice lodge owners. Uh, I'm a cabinet maker by trade. The guys that I fish with in the book are all home builders, and they have been going to Lake of the Woods for 30 years now. So I, I uh, talked to one of those guys on the job site one day, and uh, like, oh, just come with us. You know, we'll, we'll kind of be your guides up there. You just come with us. We'll, you rent a cabin. We normally uh, just camp. You guys just get the cabin. It'll be wonderful. Well, so I talked my wife into that. You know, you're, <laughs> you're newlywed, and you, you're going to go up with uh, six guys up to Lake of the Woods, you know, in a smelly old cabin. And, uh, yeah, when we got up there, the, the the picture that they had painted on the phone was not uh, now what we saw when we walked through the door. The <laughs> cabin was built in probably 1950 in the whole resort from the 50s, and uh, they never did any update. <laughs> so we had two single beds. Which didn't matter anyway, because that's where I was sleeping. So we had two single beds. We pushed them together. Uh, after a while, they got pushed apart anyway. And uh, <laughs> whole cabin smelled like, you know, they'd done a thousand fish fries inside that place. And, uh, yeah, we at the time, uh, there, you know, there's no television there. The radio that we had, um, only, we only got French on the radio. That was, not, that was it. And... Uh, we were there for eight days. We were on the water for a day and a half. <laughs> it was uh, it was the uh, second week. Of, I believe it was the second week of July. But you, you assume it'd be really hot, right? Yeah. No, it was in the fifties, and wind was blowing 40, 45 miles an hour every day, and rain. <laughs> it was miserable, and there was absolutely nothing to do other than go to the bear dump. So in the evenings, I would take my lovely bride. And uh, we would take a drive to the bear dump. And uh, if you remember the old, one of the old John Candy movies where he goes to the to the bear dump and they watch bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we that's what we do in our evenings. We go to the bear dump. <sighs> Very romantic. Yeah. <laughs> and and you pointed out you are still married. And yes, I am still to, to that married. to that woman. To that same woman. Okay. I, I still owe her a trip to Florida. <laughs> so that that's on the docket yet. Well, I, I got to tell you, there, there's some interesting things in this book, some great lines, um, and I'm just going to give people a sample of the kind of witticisms they, they will find. Love this one. And this is early in the book, even. Uh, this guy looked like Paul Bunyan, but his demeanor was so innocent and kind, he made Mr. Rogers look like an ISIS terrorist on crack cocaine. <laughs> that is a great line. Here, I'll give you a quote to right now. Okay. If you like this. When the eagles are fishing... So should you. If they just hang out in the trees, then you should be enjoying a cocktail instead of wasting your time washing baits. <laughs> washing baits. That's a great line, too. Love that. Oh, Here, here's, a, here's a quote that I live by, and this is my own quote, and this is what I live by. A man who figure eights his way through life will have continued success. So if you think about it, we're all. When we musky fish, right? We're mm-hmm. just continually figure eating. That's how we're trying to entice that fish. Well, if you figure eight your way through life, you keep trying, right? Keep mm-hmm. trying, you'll have continued success. Absolutely. Like it. 
Like that one too. Very deep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's what that's what we will find in the Musky Slayers Bible, correct? Yes. Oh, I'm going to give you one more. Okay. The muskie's brain is the same size as the people who spend all their time and money chasing them. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. All right. So you told me a great story about uh, about naked guy. Um, so tell me one more from the book. Uh, and don't give us all the details. I know you want to sell books, but uh, just just give us a taste. Mr. Naked Guy, I'm going to tell you why they call him pre-launch. Okay. Okay. So my buddy Jerry, uh, is, like I said, he's 70 years old. Uh, great guy. I mean, this guy would give a shirt off his back to you if you needed it. Well, if you remember back in the 70s, like mid-70s, everybody was had those old fiberglass tri-haul bolts, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like a big rectangle as a tri-haul. <laughs> and uh, things are tanks. Uh, but that's what guys musky fish shot on. That's what, that's what Jay had. So he was on the water. Musky fishing was a guy who was very inexperienced with boats, very inexperienced uh, also fishing. So they're out fishing. Time to call our quits. Come in for lunch. And uh, so Jerry backs in the trailer. Guy drives the boat up on there, comes in, jumps in the truck. Jerry's like, oh, Got her all hooked up. Yep. Off they go. They have lunch. Uh, meanwhile, during lunch, the guy's like, oh, I'm not feeling well. Uh, can you just take me back to the cabin? So Jerry drops him back out of the cabin. Jerry's like, well, I got the rest of the afternoon. I'm going to go fishing. So Jerry's driving down the road to a new fishing spot, gets to the boat landing, starts backing up, looks in his mirror. Boat's gone. What the heck? So come, starts driving back the way he came. A couple miles down the road, big curve. Look, there's a guy standing on the side of the road holding a tackle box and, and three fishing poles, kind of waving at him. And Jerry pulls over, looks down in the ditch. There's this fire hall upside down, laying down in the ditch. <laughs> so what had happened is when the guy drove his drove Jerry's boat up on the boat onto the trailer, never latched it, and back then all they had is uh, basically the winch, put that on, and then what's called the gunwale strap. You didn't have the, the transom straps in the back. You had the one that went over the top of the gun wall, and usually it was like a hook, and then the other side was like a hook that was kind of spring-loaded with a little lever. Didn't put that on, didn't put the front strap. So when you went around that corner, that trailer tipped a little bit. The tri-hauls are so heavy, it just got the momentum, poof, rolled off the trailer, rolled down into the ditch, cracked the windshield on it, lost it up some of his rods, but... That the guy was driving behind him saw the whole thing happen, pulled over, went down and gathered up all his gear because he was afraid someone else might come along and steal it because it was all over the road. And, uh, yeah, just waited for Jerry to come. So <laughs> after that, Jerry got the, the uh, nickname pre-launch. <laughs> pre-launch is bolt in the ditch. Most people kind of like look in their rear view mirror as you yeah. drive down the road, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I tend to do that, yeah. <laughs> Especially when I got a trailer was, behind he me. Lost it like. I'm, I'm telling you, four or five miles down the road from the bull at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only funny tale, Jerry. There's, Jerry does plenty of goofy stuff in the story. And it, you, there's a good uh, story about a trolling motor. I'll just leave it at that. But uh, you'll love that one. <laughs> this is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. We are wrapping up the first week of fun conversation with Brad Matthewson to go into the weekend author of the book, Musky Slayer's Bible, a guide on what not to do. So for musky fans or people who just like a good yarn or two, how do we get a hold of your book and, and enjoy it? So you can find me, uh, I'm on Amazon, available in paperback, 
or as an ebook. You know, some people don't like books and they want to do the ebook and read it from from home, from maybe their Kindle reader or something. Okay. It's available on ebook. Uh, paperback is fifteen. Ebook is seven dollars. Uh, I'm I'm just starting to get my book out into bait shops in northern Wisconsin. Uh, I'm hoping to maybe this summer get over into Minnesota a little bit and get my book over there. Uh, so yeah, just slowly getting it out. I've only been out for uh, for two months now, and uh, yeah, it's, it's very humbling all the love and support I've I've received uh, from writing this book. It was, I just did a musky show last weekend in Wisconsin. It was so cool to have people come up and uh, you know just say such good things about my book and how much they loved it and 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 or they heard me on a podcast or something and, and uh yeah it was it was just awesome the love and support and you know it, it just the book is a labor of love it's i didn't write a book to make money uh no one does that I, you know i'm just trying to break even on the thing and uh, i just wanted to share some funny stories and some tips uh with my fellow musky fishermen or even if you're not a musky fisherman and uh just trying to uh, you know, with this COVID thing, everybody is uh, uh, needs a good la- belly laugh, I think. You know, and uh, so that's kind of why I wrote the book. I just had all that, all these short stories sitting there from all my journals, and I'm like, oh, I just want to bring some some love and happiness to the to the world. So that's that's kind of why I wrote the book. Now, did you uh, self publish this, or do you have a publisher? Yeah, so I published this. Yeah, uh, self published through KDP. The publishing world has kind of changed now, where. Uh, to go this, through the traditional publishing, uh, how you normally do it, you mm-hmm. still have to hire your, basically your own illustrator and someone to edit your book and then come to them with all that done. Back, back in the day, you could just take a manuscript script in and say, here, they won't do that anymore. anymore. They want a finished product. And then once you have the finished product to them, then they take ownership of your book. And then they can make changes, whatever they want in your book, and you're getting basically pennies. You're getting nothing out of the book for once it gets resold. And then you don't own the book. So uh, I had a friend who kind of went that route. And I got some advice, some very good advice from Steve Hiding over at Musty Hunter Magazine. And he kind of steered me to go over the KDP route and self-publish, hire out my own editor, hire out my own uh, illustrator, and kind of take uh, take the book under my own, you know, Mm-hmm. and then uh, do all my own uh, uh, selling of the book or advertising, you know, of the book. And so everything's kind of on me, and I, I kind of like that better. Sure. I don't want someone else telling me what to do. I kind of want to sell my own book to who I want to, and uh, it brings me great joy to even, like, one-on-one, you know. Like, that was so fun doing the musky show, just kind of talking to people and hearing their musky stories and stuff, and, and uh, yeah, I, I like that personal touch. So you, uh, so we just would go to Amazon. We type in "Musky Slayer's Bible" and uh, should should yep. show up. It'll pop up, and then you're able to you go right there. Uh, you see "Musky Slayer's Label," click on it, and then you're able to buy. It'll say either paperback or ebook. So, like I said, paperback is fifteen, and the ebook is seven. And at four hundred and twenty pages. It's a hefty Bible, and it makes a really nice doorstop when you're done with it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, yeah, so multi-purpose. Wow. Uh, so what, quite a project for you. Um, what is, by the way, what is the biggest muskie you've ever caught? So my largest muskie that, well, largest muskie actually in the net that I got to hold up is is uh, 48. That, that is my largest. Uh, muskies that we've 
that I've hooked. I mean, that's a whole other story. Everybody's got the the, the one that got away. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly seen some monsters in Lake of the Woods. Uh, here, here's a. I want to throw a little tip out, and I'm, I'm hoping this helps a lot of people. Uh, before I go, uh, here's a very important tip: How many times in the boat, when someone hooks a, a really nice quality fish, how many times do you hear people say, "Barely hooked"? Yeah, quite a bit, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. you hook a fish, you spend so many hours on the water. You know, your average lake, 21 hours on the water to catch a muskie. I mean, that, that that's average in northern Wisconsin here. So you put all that time and you have so much adrenaline and, and stress because you put in all these hours to hook that fish. And now, oh, my God, barely hooked. All chaos happens in a boat, right? Your mm-hmm. boat partner is jumping around. He's trying to get the net. It's it's hooked in the swaddle or it's hooked in a big pile of bait that he's got in the corner and you're trying to get this fish in and you're trying to horse them. More big fish are lost because you're getting excited, too excited and that adrenaline. And it's... I mean, understandable because you spent all those hours, you know, and that you, you want that reward for putting in that time, right? Yep. But if a guy is just, I'm not saying cause, you don't want to cause stress to a fish, okay? But too many guys horse the fish in. If a guy just loosened his bag up or just thumbed it and let out a little line and just kept some pressure on that fish, and I'm not saying wear him out with lactic acid building up in him. I'm not saying that at all. But there's no reason to horse that fish in as fast as you can. And I don't, you know, I know we're all using nine foot rods, 80 and 100 pound line. So we're able, even 50 plus inch fish, we're able to just horse them right in, right? Mm-hmm. But you're, you're making mistakes when you do that. You're, you're not thinking what you're doing. If you just take a breath, take your time, let your net, net man get ready, get, get the net out so it's not hooking. But we, we cause too much stress in the boat by, just screaming, barely hooked, barely hooked. That man's going crazy. He can't get the net. I mean, it's, uh, I was talking, I got this advice from a guy in, uh, a guide in, uh, Northern Canada. He's like, I've watched too many of you guys in the United States. You hook a big fish, you get all excited, and, uh, the net man can't get the net, and you're not paying attention to, to how, how to properly fight this fish. You're just trying to horse him in. He's so green, and boop, fish gets off of the net. We've lost more 50-inch fish at the net than I even want to tell you. It's because of the stress that we're causing our either our set ourselves and our partner by getting overly excited. Everybody wants to catch a big fish. I understand it. It's awesome. Save all that energy for once you get the fish in the net. Just take your time. But we don't do that. We just in it. Like you said, it's because you have so much built up into that fish and you want that reward it's no different than than seeing a monster buck in the woods and you got dozens and dozens of hours in that in that tree stand right draw the bowl back and totally mess up why it's because it's because of all that stress that you have built up if you guys that catch big fish all the time and that harvest monster bucks all the time they're able to squash that adrenaline down stay in the moment relax make the shot or uh, fight that fish properly and get them in the net. So that's that's my little tip for everyone. If, if people just relax a little bit, man, you put way more big fish in the boat, and you'll get way more big bucks on the wall. Brad, before we wrap it up, as a northern Wisconsin guy, uh, i got to clarify, I, I presume you root for the Packers? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I like well, you a lot. You seem like a nice enough a winner. I mean, uh, it's hard to... <laughs> It's hard to cheer for losers every year, you know. So, well, 
You can be a Bears fan. I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you and I can be united on that you can front. Find a quarterback. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, you seem like a nice enough guy, anyway. So, uh, <laughs> thank you. Well, again, you can go to Amazon to check it out. It's the Muskie Slayers Bible, A Guide What Not to Do by Brad Matthewson. And, and Brad, also, they can check things out on your Facebook page. And how do they do that? So they can go to my Facebook page. It is Muskie Slayers Bible Book. That's my Facebook page. Okay. Or or you guys could email me at bradmatthewsonoutdoors at gmail.com. Brad Matthewson Outdoors at gmail.com. And my Facebook page, once again, is Muskie Slayer's Bible Book. Brad, it was great talking to you. Enjoyed the the tales and uh, your thoughts on muskie fishing, and uh, we'll have to do this again someday. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me on. Unfortunately, I did this interview before the A-Rodge fiasco, so I didn't get a chance to talk to him about that. Coming up next week, of course, it's going to be busy. We're getting ready for the opener. We're going to do the Red Lake preview, Lake of the Woods preview. We're going to take a look at Mille Lacs and Gull Lake as well. We're going to talk with some anglers as we get ready for the opener. And coming up in the near future, I'm very excited about the opportunity to talk with the commissioner of the DNR. So this will be one of those times during Fish and Paul Bunyan Country when we're going to veer off into more general outdoor topics. That's going to be a great, well, could be a few shows, because there's a lot of things to talk about when it comes to natural resources. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and subscribe to the podcast. You can do that at Podcast One or the PodMN app on your smartphone, which gives you access to hundreds of Minnesota-based podcasts. Plus, the Fish and Paul Bunyan Country slash Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast oftentimes has bonus coverage that doesn't make the show. That'll do it for this week. I'm Kev Jackson. Have a great weekend. Fish Paul Bunyan. Country! Country!